the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 46 of the Free Indeed Podcast. This is uh, Mike, and across the way over there, not far away, not far is my brother Kirk over here. Yeah, and we are your podcast to help churches find ways to and find a particular way to overcome pornography in your church. Uh, today's focus is going to be likely just on that today, and today we're going to talk about um, one of the terms that we're using based on a uh, great movie, Braveheart. Uh, one of the terms that we're going to be using for the the men in a church is Braveheart. We're going to call these guys Bravehearts. And uh, we want to intentionally use that because this, there's going to be some bravery that needs to happen, both from the church, the leadership, um, the church pastor, as well as the guys in the church. Uh, so the guys, though, that are, that are core and part to this, um, that's where we're going to go today. Uh, so we're on episode 46, and I have a sense that Kirk is doing a little bit of research right now. Yeah. Um, and man, yeah, this is too complicated for me to read. <laughs> you don't know the it's I mean, yeah, it's like the Hebrew meaning of number forty six and it's Oh, like, what is man, that? Nothing. I don't know, man. <laughs> is it, it in Hebrew pretty, you can't read it? No, it's pretty it's not anything easy and I don't yeah, um yeah, no. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, man. Um although it says the biblical numerology meaning Deals with the energy that is found within the acts of divine grace. For 46. And then it says biblical numerology, meaning, I don't know. Yeah, it's complicated. So 46 is kind of an odd number, and so it's going to be... But 46 is a significant number for me. Because I, as of today, well, not as of today, it's not my birthday, but this year I am 46 years old. Oh. And on top of that... And you're a young man. Yeah, I'm a young, spry young guy. Um... (laughs) I got my whole life ahead of me. Um, and on top of that, this year is number 46. Uh, in my 46th year, a couple of few months ago, several months ago, actually, I have outlived my father. So 46 was always a significant number to me because that was the age he was when he died. Turns out that was the age my grandfather was, his father, when he died. Um, Seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah, I didn't know that but... either. And when my mom told me that, I said, yeah, you could have waited to tell me that till I turned 47. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, so my father died at 46. His father died at 46. I'm not dying at 46. I'm just... You're 46 now, though. I'm 46 now. But you're not... When are you going to be 47? In March. Well, it's a few months from now. Yeah, Three yeah, yeah. months from now. I didn't know. Um, For some reason, I didn't know your birthday. Yeah, and so, uh, so yeah. I mean, this is 46 is a significant number for me. Um, it's a breakthrough year for me. To break the glass ceiling of the generational curse uh, that that has existed before me, so forty six is significant in that kind of way. And it's, I mean, it, it's proved to me that we have power to break curses. Yes, and that's been the story of my life. Yeah, very true. Forty six, awesome. Who would have thought forty six had such a powerful number? Yeah. And that number for any of you guys listening, any of you people in the in your church, you know, maybe uh, it, it depends on the number of you. Know, what do you need to get past? Right. To what do you need to get past to be able to um, know that you have overcome? And uh, I like to say, you know, my, I'm about to celebrate my 24th anniversary, and I keep telling myself, and I want to tell my wife, that, you know, our best years are still ahead of us. When it comes to a church, when it comes to you as a guy, your best years are still ahead of you. You know, Kirk 
you've come a long ways in the last five plus years since you started teaching the class and I've come a long ways with you and um, the best years are still ahead. And that's big deal of what we want to do with, uh, with churches is, you know, we think the best years of ministry and effectiveness for the kingdom are still ahead of you uh, leading up to the, the second coming and all of that. We, there's so much work that needs to be done and the gospel needs to be brought to the world. And so what we're wanting to do is bring, uh, this class to you, uh, to your church, teach you the class, teach guys to teach the class. But um, when it comes to the church specific, uh, the church in general for you, but you know, men specifically in the church, I thought today we'd talk about what makes uh, a good brave heart. What makes a good candidate in your church to be able to um, not only learn the class live the principles of the class, but then teach the class and then become in your church the go-to men that can be the change for other men in your class. That's the whole point is we want, what we'd like to do with this, you know, that what started off as a class, a six-week class five plus years ago now, nearly six years ago, we want this footprint to become huge. And so over this last summer, you know, Kirk through the, I believe, you know, inspired by God Mm -hmm. and, you know, brought this, to the front of his mind where we can um, bring this to churches. Uh, and how can we do that? How can we bring this to your church? Um, it's relatively simple in, in how do we how it happens, but, you know, it takes a certain person who's willing to, uh, to do this. So that's what we want to talk about today. So what is important to, and what, what, if you're a church leader listening um, to this podcast, what kind of man are you looking for? What kind of, you know, what conversation would you want to have with this guy? And maybe even, you know, what questions could you ask? So that's where we want to go is just, you know, what questions do you have in mind or should you have in mind when talking to somebody about, about doing this or consideration for your, for your own church? It kind of, um, we kind of assume at this point that, you know, there's a problem. Uh, we've shared these statistics before and we just kind of want to remind people of, and Kirk, you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you know, we've got more than you're half, never wrong. Okay. We've got more than half of churches where, where guys are consuming pornography, church membership. You know, these are, these are, um, people in the church consuming pornography. So, I mean, look over your congregation and know that the IP mistress is just sitting there in their pockets, in their lives. You just can't see her. There's a relationship happening. It's more than half of guys, but then Unfortunately, most churches, 93%, last we knew, just don't have a plan, don't have a plan to deal with this problem. Uh, it's a big problem. And then all of the problems that happen because of this, you know, where you have divorce and, you know, when families leave your church or couples divorce, you know, all of that that happens, it disrupts not just the relationships and the dynamics. Um, there's sadness, there's grief, there's anger, all the toxic emotions that happen, probably lots of jealousies, you know, and then, and then, Membership drops off, um, involvement drops off, financial support drops off, and there's all kinds of uh, statistics that just show your church is not going to be as healthy when all of this stuff isn't addressed, when this particular issue is not addressed. And so um, when you're considering somebody, when you're considering somebody for a, a, a candidate here or, a, you know, what can you do, what can, questions can you ask? What exactly is um, going to be, you know, expected of a guy? 
Um, so we can't give you details in terms of like, I don't, it, it sort of is different for every church, but um, I want to just start with just this one thing. I know Kirk and I were just talking about this before we started recording, and that is um, we need to know why this is important. So this may seem very conspicuous to you as a church. I just named all these statistics, but okay, as a church leader, we're going to ask you this question, you know, why is this important to you and what difference is it going to make if this can be changed in your church? So Kirk, why starting there with the church and the church leadership, what, what's important about that? Yeah, we, um, you know, we, we started off talking about, you know, what makes a good candidate for what we're calling brave hearts, the people that are going to be uh, certified to teach free indeed within a church or for a church through a church on behalf of the church. And, um, and I think kind of one step back from that, what would make a good candidate for someone within the church to take that leadership or take that mantle? I think on a, on a higher level, um, before you even get to that point, it, it comes down to what makes a good church. Like what makes a good candidate, I guess you can say, of a church? Like how do you know that your church is ready for this? Or how do you know that, that, um, that you're a right fit to take on this thing? And, and, um, and I think that really comes down to as, as we – kind of broke it down as we chunked it down. It really came down to, um, you know, a church that is, that has leadership that is passionate about taking on this battle. You know, when you talked about the IP mistress a minute ago, um, yeah, half of Christian homes have some kind of a problem with pornography in the home, whether it's um, a, a teenager or a spouse or all of the above, probably all of the above, Um you know, so that IP mistress is sitting in the pews with your congregation. So, you know, right next to the husband and the wife and the kids on that same pew is the third party in that marriage, which is the IP mistress. And she's sitting there and she is whispering in his ear or her ear, probably both actually. She's whispering in his ear, yeah, can't wait till we get home. Um, yeah, I miss you. I'm looking for you. All this stuff. Go back and listen to that IP mistress conversation. All that stuff. She's having that conversation in his ear, in the husband's ear. Um, you know, six out of ten divorces involve somebody with a porn problem. Um, you know, statistics say that you know, like half of, you know, half to three quarters of uh, of of tr- of men in church. And so she's having that conversation with the man in the church pew, and at the same time, she's whispering in the wife's ear, um, "You're inadequate. You're not enough." You know, what he was up late doing last night, you know, he's up late last night spending time with me, and now he's sitting with you here in church. She's whispering all these really destructive things into the wife's ear. Um, and, and so and she, she, she's probably speaking to them as much as you are, Pastor, um, right there in your pews. And so, you know, we're talking about a church being passionate about getting involved in this fight, getting involved in this battle, and going after this head on. And and like I said, I could imagine, like I've said in the past, I could imagine if I was a if I was in church leadership, you know, I might be hesitant to really stir up this pot because I might be hesitant to really feel equipped to um, or be ready to take on the onslaught of what's going to come to the surface, especially if I don't have a resource to offer. And so to be able to have a resource to offer is the first step in being able to take this thing and, and take the, the, the fight to our enemy. So I, I think the beginning steps of all that is, is, is the church ready? Is the church leadership ready? Um, are you passionate? Are you passionate about taking on this thing and, and making this thing happen? This is not something where we're going to come in 
and we're going to do it all for you. No, we're going to empower you to do it. But in order for us to empower you to do it, you've got to be seeking the power to do it. So should a church, like a should a leader maybe wait? I, mean, I don't know how to ask the question, I guess. Maybe the church is not ready. Well, that's what I'm wondering is like, at what point does a pastor say, man, this is definitely going to be a problem uh, or it definitely is a problem. I think it goes without saying you can assume it's a problem uh, with your with your congregation. Yeah. And what is so what makes a church ready, I guess, is a question that I have. You know, how would a how would a leader or a church know that they're ready I think the, to deal the with the church this? is ready when first of all they've accepted that it's a problem and they've accepted that it's a problem they need to deal with. And on top of that, they are committed as a church to deal with this issue from the top down. We're ready to be we're ready to have grace. We're ready to be uh, sympathetic, but we're also ready to jump in and actually get hands on in the ugly business of fighting this this thing. So, being you know, statistics say that it's like six out of ten pastors say that men have come to them with porn problem. Six out of ten pastors. When I tell that to pastors, a lot of pastors say, "Yeah, the other four pastors are clueless." Yeah. And, and at the same time, seven out of ten pastors, which the numbers are really kind of weird if you think about it, seven out of ten say that porn has had a negative impact or has a negative impact on their church. Six out of ten say that men have come to them, and seven out of ten, there's a one out of ten that's not accounted for in there. But in any case, when I say the seven out of ten to pastors, they say the other three are clueless. And so um, every pastor knows that, that men and wives and women have come to them for help. I mean, and, and it's, it exists in their church. And so the church, first of all, has to be has to be aware enough to say, yes, this is a problem. And this is a problem worth dealing with, worth fighting for and, and worth addressing head up on on top of and in addition to everything else that we have going on, whether it be, you know, the, the Easter service or the Christmas service, Christmas Eve service is coming up or whether it's the building fund or whether it's the whatever you want to call all the other issues that you have that are going on in the church, all the other things that you have on your agenda, all of those things, um, that this is something that we need to fight. This is something that we need. This is a cancer that we need to root out in our church. So it needs to at least arise to a priority. It needs to be a priority. And it needs to be in the open. Yeah. As opposed to in the shadows. Yeah. And I don't even say it's a main priority. I mean, you know, yeah. the main priority is preaching Jesus. Of course. I mean, you know, so the main priority is that. Um, but it has to be a priority, something that, that the church is willing to uh, willing to uh, willing to address. Yeah, need, on. I think just it needs to be in the open. It just yes. not avoided, talked about, right? Because more than anything, it's avoided. Absolutely, because <laughs> it's in the shadows. Absolutely, of people's lives and families. Absolutely. So, in a sense, you as a pastor, instead of just denouncing uh, um, pornography from the pulpit, it's embracing. Um, it's embracing a, a, a healing approach to this. Yeah. Um, it's an embracing an approach that says we care about you enough to do something about it. Yeah. yeah. And because it's one thing to preach the sin of it. Yes. It's another thing to address the, the pain of it and the wound of it. You know, I mean, Jesus was, I mean, clearly able to confront the sin in people. But at the same time, he was clearly passionate about addressing the need of the person and seeing past the condition into the the person. And so it's one and quite often what happens is when a pastor preaches the sin of it 
from the pulpit, but not offer the the the, the hope uh, of the freedom and the and the and and the, and the resource, then the person hearing that, you know, I, I've never I haven't seen too many people that respond openly with full heart to a sin message. I mean, you know. That can come off as Feeling condemnation. more guilty. Right. That can come off as, especially to this. I mean, that can, it, it can exist in the shadows. There's, you know, there's a lot of sin out there. This one can fully exist in the shadows until it comes out in some very destructive so, ways. So, you know, guys don't need to necessarily hear, you've got a problem. They know they got a problem. Exactly. I mean, they, 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 they know, and every teenager that struggles knows that it's a problem, but they know that it's a problem already. They don't need to hear it's a problem. They need to hear a solution. And that's why I and that's why we don't harp on the the problem in terms of how you know the sin of it all and what it's doing to you and what it's doing to your wife, what it's doing to your kids, what it's doing to your church, what it's doing. Well, we don't harp on that. It's guys need the hope. They need the hope. I mean, you know, God's plan for us is hope in a future. Yes. And then another part of the spectrum is guys who don't see it as a problem. Guys right. who don't see it as a problem. Right. Women in their lives do see it as a problem. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I know I've encountered guys who are single and they have such a hard time in every other part of their lives. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about the guys who know that's a problem. And then I'm thinking of the part of our culture that says this is all normal and this is all just part of being around in today's culture. And no, it's not a problem. If you want to consume pornography, that shouldn't that should be your issue and your concern. And no, I don't have a problem. Well, then. I don't suppose we're addressing those right. people. Right, and on the flip side of that, you have wives sitting in the pews that are hurting. You have wives that are sitting in the pew that can be diagnosed with PTSD. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, and so to not address the issue within the church is also to deny her pain and her wound and and, and to deny her experience and that kind of stuff. And so you have, a, you have a collection, you have a population within your church of wounded wives that are suffering in silence because they feel inadequate, because they feel like they can't tell anyone uh, because it is such a secret, because of the shame that she has, he has shame in his consumption. She has shame in 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 her uh, collateral damage of it all. And so, to not address it within the church, also by default, is is um is not giving credit to her experience, whoever she is in the church, and she deserves she deserves the healing. I mean, she deserves to be addressed. She deserves to be ministered to. And, and you know, if you want to get some real ministry going on in the church. Get underneath the surface of all that, and so you know. I, I think you know. In, in terms of in terms of a good church, that I mean, I know we'll get into what makes a good Braveheart, but um, but in, in terms of a church perspective, man, I think a church that says, "Okay, this is a problem, and we need to deal with it." Because oh, by the way, six out of ten divorces involve somebody with a porn problem. Six out of ten—that's a very high number. Um, and so, if a couple gets divorced in your church, you can pretty much assume. Odds are pornography has something to do with that. Now, yeah, they might say we have money issues, we have communication issues, we have whatever. But if you have a porn problem, you're going to have communication issues. If you have a porn problem, you're going to have trust issues. You're going to have love issues. You're going to have respect issues. You're going to have all those intimacy issues that present. Issues. I mean, you're going to have, yeah, core. I mean, core intimacy issues. You're going to have all that kind of stuff. And so those are the things that will present. You know, it's like when you go into the hospital, they take your, your signs, your, your vitals. Those are the things that present. But then what's going on beneath the surface? And what's going on beneath the surface six out of ten times is divorce. And when those couples get divorced, about half the time, one or both of them will leave your church. And when they leave your church, then their service is gone, their attendance is gone, they leave as part of your family. 
and also their giving is gone. So this has a direct impact to your church um, on the bottom line of it. I mean, attendance and, 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 and the financial stability of your church. I mean, th- those are two key factors that are probably discussed at nearly every church board meeting. I mean, and so to say, you know, it's just it's a thing that exists in the shadows. Yeah, maybe it exists in the shadows in terms of communication, but I guarantee you see it on the bottom line of your church. I guarantee you see it in the attendance. I guarantee you see because if a guy is up consuming porn on a Friday night or a Saturday night till two, three, four o'clock in the morning, what are the odds of him wanting to get up at eight or nine o'clock in the morning and go to church? Uh, okay, maybe that's why we have... What are the odds of him staying awake if he is there? Right, and, and maybe that's why we have a lot of wives coming to church with the kids and the husband's not there. And, you know, if you look at statistics, Sunday Sundays are one of the highest peak days for consuming pornography in the week. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, I wonder if these dots connect. And so, you know, to address all of these issues, and then, like I said, we can't ignore the fact that the wife has an experience, too, and for us to not talk about it and not be passionate about addressing it from a church perspective also ignores her experience, her pain, everything that she's going through, and a ministry opportunity for her. So I think the focus then today is going to be more around the church and the leadership on how to approach guys. So, like, what do you think a guy or a pastor— if he's right now listening, uh, what what is the quality of a guy to be a potential Braveheart in their church so that they can have that conversation if they know them well enough? I mean, maybe that guy's come to them once or twice. I got a problem, Pastor, and I need some help, and my you know my marriage is floundering. Blah, you know, I don't say blah blah. It's all very important. Yeah. And so, where what qualities can we see in a guy? Does a pastor need to kind of look on being a lookout for? Yeah, and I think every pastor and oh by the way, you know, I know that I know that pastors have a lot of things on their plate. They got a lot of things going on. They got a lot of people to make happy. They got a lot of people to, you know, that they regularly don't make happy and all that kind of stuff. And I I mean, I don't get it from the perspective of I've been a pastor, but I definitely talk to a lot of them and interact with a lot of them these days. Um and you know, there's so many things that they, you know, deaths in the church and who's in the hospital and just paying the bills and just the direction of the church and preaching a fantastic sermon every weekend, all that kind of stuff. I get it. And so, you know, I would not fully expect a pastor to take on this role of a brave heart within a church. Now, you know, I've had pastors say, Hey, I want to be one of those guys. I want to be, and I want to be trained. I want to be equipped to teach this class. Okay, cool. You know, but in terms of what kind of guy, I think every pastor knows kind of those guys that are the pillar kind of men in our church. And we are talking about men because, I mean, we're targeting men specifically, men in terms of leadership and men in terms of um, teaching and and being the people that are equipped to teach this class in the church. They can teach it to women if they want, but but we are targeting men specifically, um, if nothing else, from a leadership perspective. And so I think most pastors know who the stronger men are in their church. I would not recommend... I would not consider a good candidate um, to be a guy who's currently smack dab in the middle of struggling with porn. He might need the class, but to say, you know, to to project into his future, well, you're going to be one of the guys that teach this thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, there's there's times in the Bible where people's you know futures were years off, <laughs> like everything that they're called to were years away. Um, and I think that might be one thing to have a vision for a man in the future, but in terms of a current man, I think it should be somebody that, 
um, has had the struggle and maybe has, has kind of gotten through it or just that those core men in your church that are just strong leaders that are just strong kind of dynamic leaders. Maybe it's somebody that, that heads up or is part of your men's ministry. Um, maybe it's people, somebody that's maybe a Stephen minister kind of Stephen ministries kind of person. Um, or just, you know, the, 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 I think every pastor knows kind of who those core go to, who the, the Peter James and Johns are of their church. Do they need to know the, do they need to know the struggle? Uh, I mean, is there a value in saying I struggled with pornography or some kind of sex issue? Yeah, no, to I, be I able don't to be, do this. I don't think so. I don't think they need to have a deep porn story. I mean, you know, buried within the class is, you know, is, is stories of like you and I, for example, and we're pretty open, but I don't think they need to have a deep porn. I had a deep struggle with broadband internet porn and all that kind of stuff. I think they need a passion. I think passion trumps story in terms of, you know, because when they get involved in this, man, just like when the church gets involved, if the church is not passionate, if this brave heart is not passionate, they're going to be swamped. It's going to crush them because they're going to start to hear stories. Wives are going to start coming to them with stories of their husbands, and these are going to be men in their church who they thought were upstanding people or whatever, and they're going to hear these heartbreaking stories over and over and over again and you know you're going to stir up some darkness and if you're not ready for that it's going to crush you so i think i think they need passion more than anything you probably be hard pressed to find a man who does not have any porn story like a man that is that never even saw it you know in a magazine under his uncle or dad's bed back when he's a teenager or something like that and most men even if they have not struggled with broadband porn um recently have had some experience where they were exposed to it and you'd be hard pressed to find a man that has never even laid eyes on it. Um, so every guy can say to whatever degree they're comfortable, this is my experience with it. But I think they don't need a deep story. They need deep passion. And once they get deep passion, then whatever the context of their story, maybe they can just say this is part. I mean, you have a way of articulating that. Um, yeah, I just say this is part of my story. Yeah, uh, I don't go into all the detail unless somebody wants to know. But I, when I do talk about it, I say, yeah, this is part of my story, part of my history. And I think another person to, or another quality a pastor should look to in a guy is, can they trust this guy? And is is this guy a safe person to be around? Very good. Uh, yeah, you've got to be able to know you can get this guy in your. You can lay this out because ultimately, pastors, we're trying to help you not have to carry such a heavy burden mm-hmm. with this. We know that this is a burden that you know needs dealing with. But you may not have the capability to deal with it, uh, and you we want to be able to give you some support from within your congregation, but the support needs to be a place where these guys feel ultimately safe. Uh, you know, in our upcoming podcast, we're going to talk about the power of uh, owning your own story to mm-hmm. be able to share, because um, that is a, a very important quality for guys to have, but, you know, trustability and being safe. Is yeah, important. I think that you're right. You're dead on with that one, man. I think that's huge in terms of somebody that is safe because they are going to have whoever it is that are designated as these brave hearts are going to have probably the pastor too or people on the pastoral staff. They're going to have people coming to them with stories. They're going to have people walking up to them out of the blue, maybe even before, after church, in church. They're going to have people walking into their office. They're going to have people texting them, emailing them. It's going to happen like random times during random days, maybe in the middle of the night, there's going to be a wife calling saying, I'm it. It's over. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. There's going to be a man calling saying, I can't do this anymore. They got to be willing to be able to sit down and be trustworthy um, because people are going to be opening up to them 
something that is deep, dark, and shameful in their life. And if they're not safe, then first of all, if they're not safe, they're going to blow it when people do that. But if they're not safe, people aren't even going to be feel safe to actually reach out to them to, to be able to do that. So you're right. That's huge. And mature. And very uh, mature. So, and they can't freak out when exactly. they hear these stories. Like you got to be able to just keep a straight face yep. and you got to be able to just make somebody feel safe right. in the middle of their shame. Yep. They're, and have a kind of a judgment free mentality. Oh man. Uh, no doubt. So that they're giving more grace than they are, you know, the other side of that. No doubt. So it, these are some of the important qualities, spiritual maturity, got to be trustworthy, got to be safe. Um, they, you need to be able to handle um, a lot of uh, guys issues um, that come up that can be pretty scary to hear, yeah. gross to hear for that matter. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's that maturity factor and a good listener. Yeah. You got to be able to listen. Yeah. You know what they don't need to, they don't need to have all the answers. Yeah, that's important. They too. don't need to yes. have all the answers. They don't need to, you know, they don't need to have the solution. They the don't dictionary. need to, all that kind of stuff. They yes. don't. First of all, we are here to support them. Right. So they're not going to be on their own. I mean, yep. we are here as resources for them. If they come across something they've never heard before, how to deal with it, they can reach out to us anytime. Yes. So they don't have to feel like they have to be the end all be all oracle of all answers and all that kind of stuff. They don't. First of all, there's a Holy Spirit for, for a lot of that, for all of that. But then on top of that, they're not in it alone. We're here with them, but they definitely don't have to have all the answers. If anything, more than having all the answers, they just got to be safe. Yeah. Well, I hope that's helped you guys, uh, pastors out there, guys or lady pastors that uh, we're going to, this is kind of a framework, if you will, of, you know, what can you look for? How can um, you kind of keep your eye out for, for guys to be able to be a help in your church? And once again, we just want to put it out there. We want to offer it to you to um, be able to, you come to us, we'll talk to you and see how we can work with you over a weekend to get the class to you so that you can teach the class. So uh, just, you know, the website at the end of our podcast, every time you hear it, freeindeed36.com and look for, what's the tab in the, in the, in the page specifically, Kirk? Is it speaking? No, yeah, hard set. It's a hard set. Hard yes. set consulting. Hard set consulting. Hard set consulting. And we will um, simplify that in the future. Yeah, and, and we just you know we want to be we we are we our hearts are to be the resources. Oh yeah, that's the whole thing. We want to empower you to deal with this within your church. So we're not expecting you to come up with solutions. We're not expecting you to come up with a curriculum. We got all the class. We got all the class yep. notes. We got all the class slides. We got everything. We're talking full service here, like the old gas stations used to be. You pull up, you get a full tank of gas. We come under the hood. We check the oil. We check the tire. I mean, we're talking full service, and so we want to be that resource. We don't expect anybody to have the, you know, the 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 experience or all the answers or solutions that we've done all of these years to develop. I mean, and so we want to. We just want to transfer this knowledge, transfer this information. We want to transfer the resources. We want to literally bring it to you and put it in your hands and allow you to not recreate the wheel. We want to. We've already done all that. <laughs> we've already done all of that. We just want to. We just want to be able to empower you with all of that information, all the work that we've done already, and be that resource for you. Exactly. We'll bring the information and experience. You bring the passion. The and why in the in the people yeah. to do it. So we hope this has helped you. Uh, this is episode forty six of the Free Indeed podcast. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed thirty six for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, men, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.